it started off so well. Our first game as PSL owners, well, a regular season game, started off so well. A Duvernay touchdown on the first kickoff of the game. It just started so well, guys. <laughs> yep, that's why the game's 60 minutes long. <laughs> no, stop the count. <laughs> uh, I'll give you even like, what, 48 minutes? <laughs> 48 minutes was fine. <laughs> the last 12 minutes killed me. <laughs> and the Ravens. That was crazy. I mean, you know, I looked it up. We saw history. We saw Ravens history that is tied for a game in 1997 against the Pittsburgh Steelers for the biggest blown lead by the Ravens in franchise history. 21 points. Incredible. And what's as crazy about it is we're going to look back on this game. There was even several opportunities for the Ravens to avert the disaster and just some bad luck in those situations caused them to not be able to escape with the win, which even if they escaped with the win, I still think we would be having this same conversation because there were some miscues in the second half, some interesting decisions that just can't happen. But, you know, I, the best thing we can say about this game from an overall perspective, in my opinion, is that it's week two. Still plenty of football left to play. Um, and there were some good things. There were some good things that were really promising. And I don't think even the fact that, you know, they came in one of the worst losses in franchise history means that we can't look at those and say there's and, and brush them off and say, OK, there's no hope here at all. No, there's there's plenty of hope. There's plenty of good things that happen. There's things that need to be cleaned up. And we'll talk about all of it because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, the number one positive kind of thing that I can take away is that Lamar and the passing offense in particular I thought looked pretty incredible and it's you know an offense that uh, while you know Mark Andrews was a focal point I think I think a lot of that was volume Um, he wasn't necessarily relied on for the big play in every situation you know I mean you look at the stats I think Lamar had three passing touchdowns uh, this game Uh, one to Andrews one to Bateman one to Robinson Um, so the ball was spread around a good bit and I think Bateman and Andrews both ended up with over 100 yards. Um, and I think the yep. name is around like 50 or something. So, um, yeah, passing the ball well um, and very efficient. I think it was 21 for 29. So just overall had a really fantastic game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, putting up 38 points uh, most games I think is pretty dang good. Uh, you know, there are plenty of games in 2019. The Ravens are absolutely steamrolling people with putting up 38 points. So, I think, yeah, the offense in at least that phase, I mean, we'll talk about it, but there are other phases where the offense was not so good and maybe bad. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, 38 points, that's a lot of points. That should be enough to win a ball game. Definitely. Rashad Bateman was targeted seven times, four catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Mark Andrews, 11 times for nine catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. DuVernay, two for 42. Robinson, one for 12. And then Tylen Wallace, one for nine. Uh, which is definitely, I thought, likely had a couple catches, so I don't know why that's not showing up. Maybe this is only like... Four for 43. Yeah. On, on five weird. targets. I'm not seeing not it showing up it. on what you're looking at. Yeah, I guess it's only showing like the top people or something, which mm. is weird because it had Tyler mm. Wallace. But anyways, yeah, it you know, great, great game by the number one A and one B on the offense. I think Lamar, I mean, it's pretty lights out, all things considered. He played excellently i mean the mvp chant happened right like he that's a that's the level of game that was happening at one point we were like chanting mvp and feeling happy remember that feels like a while ago (laughs) but (laughs) but uh but yeah it's just it's it is frustrating but like i think you said peter there was a lot of good things that we can like reflect on and i think we should yeah and i think we'll start out with that because what's crazy about this game is this is kind of the opposite game of what I was expecting. I was expecting a defensive struggle. I didn't necessarily think that, that this was a lock win for the Ravens. The Dolphins have a pretty talented roster as well. Their coach, you know, he, his scheme is, is intriguing, and, and we'll get to that because I definitely have some opinions about the Dolph- what the Dolphins coaching was able to do against the Ravens later in this game. But it, in the first half, I think that the Ravens did exactly what they needed to do. The resume that Tua brought into this game was that if you got up big on him, 
he was going to struggle to be able to get the offense into position. That didn't happen for some reasons we'll talk about in the second half. <laughs> but um, yeah, the offense came out and it was a precision passing attack. The Ravens even tried to get the run game going a little bit. Kenyon Drake had, now it seemed like he had more success than he did. I'm looking at these stats, six carries for eight yards. I'm guessing he must have had one run that looked good and that was it. But, you know, the passing game was on point. They, as Alec pointed out while we were watching it, the Dolphins decided in the first half they were going to dare the Ravens to pass to Bateman. Um, the Ravens said, okay, fine, we'll do that. And they took advantage of that early. Andrews had plenty of room there. Uh, just an efficient offense, and they were aggressive. And I, I think you look at that offense, and that offense is still there, even though they lost. And there are definitely aspects in the passing game there that looked like a next step from uh, a year ago that you know the Ravens will be able to go toe-to-toe with top offenses in the league when you got the Bills coming in a few weeks from now and you got the Bengals supposedly a top offense. They're off to a rough start this year, though. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway from this game from a positive perspective is that Lamar Jackson, he's back from his injury, even though it wasn't a terribly significant one. Still, you love to see that. And the first half is everything we would we want out of a Ravens passing attack. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the other thing that I kind of take away, too, is that, um, you know, the big narrative going into last season after that just mess of a game in Miami Everybody was like, uh, oh, Lamar can't beat cover zero. Cover zero, that's like the way to beat Lamar. All the defenses, let's everybody get in cover zero. Like, that's the way you beat the Ravens kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, that was not the reason for the loss today. Like, there were plenty of cover zero looks, and the Ravens had answers for almost every single one of them. The Surprisingly, well, I I don't want to say surprisingly because I don't want to make myself seem smarter than I really am, but I was going to (laughs) say that my bold prediction last time was really that the Ravens were going to take advantage of the outside run. Now, part of that, in my defense, was that I thought Dobbins was going to play. He was inactive, so that was not uh, the case. I will say that the Ravens did not really rely on outside run play at all in this game. (laughs) But that being said, plenty of other ways to take advantage of cover zero. Um, You mentioned it, Peter, throwing to Bateman. Uh, There was that slant, I think, that he got um, got behind Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard was doing a lot of running today, by the way. Um, On Bateman, (laughs) he was running on the other play I'm going to mention, that uh, run that Lamar had up the middle. Um, I think it was maybe off the guard, right guard or something. (laughs) Xavier Howard was also chasing him on that play. There were a few plays like that where the Dolphins tried cover zero and the Ravens made them pay. So um, I don't want to hear anything about more about how cover zero can defeat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. That's just not true. Like they have the ability to be able to beat that pretty easily. Again, like for the most part, I thought the offense played really well. I think the really the big glaring hole on this team that just hasn't gone away from week one is where is the run game? <laughs> it's and it's. You know, we're hoping for Dobbins, we're hoping for Gus, but I think at this point, like, I've seen enough that, like, it's really, there's something else missing here. Um, Certainly the left side of the line doesn't help. Now having to go on our second left tackle that's not named Ronnie Stanley, um, that's certainly not great. But you even had guys like, you know, I saw one or two plays today, Pat Ricard whiffing on some blocks, like, that just doesn't happen from some of these guys. So um, execution certainly needs to be better. Uh, That's really the one area that I I think that the Ravens just, they need to get better. I think that really hurt them, Uh, especially in like time of possession in some uh, short yardage situations. They just couldn't get anything going. I I think if they can fix that up, like this game looks very different, but unfortunately we just, you know, just weren't equipped, I guess this time to, to win in like a shootout game. Uh, you know, we just fell a little bit short. Yeah, timing wasn't very good at the end, just like the way everything kind of flew. But, man, the run game is, is a huge problem. They're not blocking well, and that's the issue. Like, even with J.K. or Gus back, if we're not getting holes, they're going to have equal levels of frustration. Like, yeah, they're a little bit shiftier. They may be able to make a little bit more out of something. Like, I don't disagree with that, and I still want them out there, and I'm excited for it. But it's it's a line problem man and it's multiple levels like you said ricard missed a few blocks unfortunately homeboy was hurt he was limited in practice this week and he came out and played i guarantee you he's not playing at 100 percent. 
you had a lot of walking wounded in this game. Marlon Humphrey was in and out, in and out. Um, Peters seemed to be on a little bit of a pitch count, or maybe he was also having some injury problems. You know, it's just, it's really kind of frustrating how that's all played out. We had other devastating injuries. Means it's probably done for the year. I don't know. It's, I don't think they said it was official yet at the end of the press conference, which, by the way, it was like the most, like, short answer, frustrated eight minutes I've ever seen, literally, of the Ravens. Like, they just barely talked about anything and just were, like, clearly upset. Uh, and not many people spoke. But, um, but yeah, it just... It was a, a very kind of rough outing. Um, Pepe Williams had some sort of injury that looks not great. And we were down to, like on, on the play that uh, Tyreek Hill scored a big touchdown, it was Jalen Armour Davis and Worley out there as our corners, uh, which is like felt like last year all over again. <laughs> you know, like we can't expect these really inexperienced cornerbacks to be able to defend these guys and put them on an island. I, I think that might have been a, a failure of uh, Mike McDonald and his play calling at the end there. Cause I think, uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about that later, but yeah, it's just, it, it, it is kind of frustrating how that, how that played out. But with the, with the run game where it's at, you know, it's a very one dimensional offense. Now that that one dimension is really good. The passing is really good. I even made the joke on Twitter. Like we should just never run again. Like running's over. <laughs> Lamar every once in a while can go scramble. He can do a uh, Lamar's able to keep the ball too. But for now, like the running game is canceled. This is like so bad. If you take out his 79 yard run, we had 76 yards. But then if you take out Lamar Jackson, we had like 40 <laughs> over too many attempts. <laughs> like it's just yeah. bad. Like 16, 17 attempts, 40 yards over 16 or 17 attempts. That's yeah. That kills drives. You can't do that. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah, it's 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 really it's really bad. Um, yeah, I mean the was it the first uh, the first or actually I guess the second touchdown drive that was kind of overturned, right? I mean, you had Mike Davis crashing at the line, getting no gain for two plays in a row, and then Lamar also crashing at the line and not getting a touchdown on the fourth down. <laughs> like, I mean, come on, like these are like the easiest. I, you know supposedly the easiest you know kind of plays to be able to make situations for and like you know again like we're used to aside from last year i guess we're a little bit spoiled and kind of like used to being able to make these like no problem but uh yeah you just could get nothing yeah i mean that 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 sequence was terrible right mike davis is i don't even understand why he's on the team five carries for four yards he's been completely ineffective the last two games whatever he's in it's it's like quite sad and the third downplay of that sequence that you're talking about after the two stone walls for Mike Davis, you know, it was, I thought it was a fine call because Lamar had spacing, but then they tried to do a QB sneak with Lamar. This is not a good play for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's like killer skill is his vision ability to read leverage and like get him in space. Do not just like have him pull a Joe Flacco. He's not as tall as Joe Flacco, <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's just dumb. Like it, it, that was the dumbest play. Even if they didn't fumble it, even if it worked, it's a bad play. It's a bad play. And the only thing that came from that sequence, the only good that came from that sequence is that they were convinced we were going to do it again. So they, they bit so hard on that play action <laughs> that Mark Andrews was wide open the next time we were down there. But like, that's not a, that's not a good reason. You should have been, you should have done that. Like, honestly, we could have passed in the one yard line. One of those four plays should have been a pass, in my opinion. Like, don't call the same play twice in a row with Mike Davis. Like, that's just, <sighs> it's not Gus Bus. Like, with Gus, fine. You can call it twice. I allow it. But, like, what is this? Like, I, that, that was really frustrating. Even at the time of, like, live and game, I was like, this is not a good strategy after the second run. So I thought the assignment was for us to exhaust everything that went positive. good before I, I, like, I mean, <laughs> we went into the negative. All right. What, 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 what we, we ran we out on the offense. We dived <laughs> right in. Man. Golly, man. I know. Well, I guess Duvernay kind of counts, like his touchdown return. We talked about that. That was like magical. It was such a beautiful thing. Um, you know, Peter did that uh, series about the best turnovers against Miami and I, I was joking, like the convoy happened for uh, Duvernay on that play, you know, and um, it did yeah. The league Harrison was opening, like getting good blocks, key blocks at the end there, so he could get the rest of the distance. And there were key blocks, I think, by Tyler Wallace, and I forget who else. Um, 
like at the beginning of the kickoff. Like that was so cool. It was great. And now Duvernay is concussed. <laughs> Sad <laughs> pain. Yeah, hopefully he's going to be okay because um, first two games of the season, Duvernay's been uh, a key contributor. Sure, he, he doesn't have the largest role on this offense, but he's done some things. Obviously, had two touchdowns against the Jets. Special teams touchdown this week. Um, and that was a key catch he made uh, where, unfortunately, he did get concussed. So hopefully, hopefully he'll be okay. Um, offense, good things. Um, <laughs> well, there's a the creativity that we like that like run play for Mark Andrews. It was yes, we ball. were joking during the game that the vault <laughs> had been opened. Yeah, and of course, then the Dolphins would go and steal that play uh, in the second half, do the exact same thing, and it would work for them as well. But yeah, I, you know, I think did they have uh, attempts uh, a sweep with Duvernay? I'm guessing not because I'm not seeing that in the stat sheet. I thought I they did, did a. Um, that they were going to do a sweep with Duvernay. That's what sprung Lamar. That was the uh, the option, so to speak. That was that play? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lamar, I mean, like, we talked about it all last year. You know, find some ways to get creative with the rushing offense when you don't have your best guys back there, when the blocking is subpar. And, you know, one, another positive, though, I, I think we can look at is a hypothetical. So I don't love it, but you look at where the Ravens were forced to go in this game and to put Davis in those situations. Now, were the Ravens putting Mike Davis in the best situations? Was it just that Davis is is just done at this time in his career? Um, I think we all have an, a hunch of to which of those two is the correct one. But <laughs> I, I still think you put Dobbins in that offense, sure, the holes might not be there, and we don't know exactly how healthy he is. I think the Ravens win this game if Dobbins plays because that's how close it was in these situations. They just needed that extra dimension out of the backfield for the defense to account for. Because when you've got this running attack back there, that is Mike Davis, who's a one-dimensional player who can't even do that dimension correctly right now. Drake, who's serviceable, but they haven't figured out how he works in this offense yet. And Hill has shown a spark, a singular spark in both of the two games this season so far, and that's all they're going to do, that makes it a lot easier for the defense. They, they, you've narrowed down what they have to prepare for. So, you know, the, the Ravens found themselves in multiple short yardage situations. I think just having the threat of Dobbins back there would have been would have been enough. And again, it's a hypothetical, but I think that's how close the Ravens were. And it goes back to what I was talking about in – uh, when we were doing the season preview episode, we were looking at the schedules, and I, I threw out there, are we overestimating, or, or are we not giving enough credence to the possibility that there will be some hiccups in this first you know, five, six games of the season just because the Ravens are bringing so many players back from injury, and we don't know when they're coming and to what degree they'll be able to help the team. And I think that, that this game is, is just a prime example of, of that fact. And hopefully as the season goes along, these guys will become healthier. Unfortunately, you know, the reality of the NFL is you're going to lose some guys. You know, we saw the injury to Pepe Williams today. Hopefully he won't be out for too long. Obviously lost Juwan James and Kyle Fuller in the previous game. But I, I think as the season goes along, the team will have a better idea of who's on the team and what role they have. Right now, I think you've got portions of the team – that are set and other portions of the team where the Ravens are just trying to see what patchwork works until guys they're expecting to come back will. And I, I think there's a chance for, you know, some of the little things to get messed up in that situation. And I think that's one of the things that, that doomed the Ravens today. Yeah. That's a really interesting point, Peter. Um, I'll say on the defense, actually switching gears over to the defensive side, um, we talked about, pieces and sort of not knowing who's back and kind of what their role is i'll say two uh you know positive things that i guess i saw on the defensive side uh one marcus williams uh, continues to so- show huge dividends for the ravens um had two interceptions today probably could add a third in incredible game an- another one and marcus peters uh was able to come back uh, i think alec mentioned earlier he was kind of on a pitch count uh played some plays took some plays off but um overall i thought he he did well 
he was uh, involved in a couple of tackles. I didn't see any uh, hesitancy, I guess, from him getting involved, at least in uh, the few tackles that I saw. I thought, you know, he. I think he maybe had one or two plays that I could think of that maybe he let some guy get behind him. Uh, I can't remember if it was Waddle or Hill in that play, but uh, I think it was Tyree. He had one of those. Was, one was of those Hill? touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that one wasn't great. Uh, I think in that play he probably thought that maybe he had safety help. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, it was just good to kind of see him out there. Um, I, I thought overall it was just, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about all these people who are injured or getting hurt or just not sure of, like, kind of what their level of play is. Um, it was just nice to finally get one guy out there that we've been waiting on uh, to be able to have some snaps. But, uh, but yeah, um, those are two of the <laughs> two of the good things. Uh, among probably a very short list of, of things on the defense. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great things, man. Like like you said, Marcus Williams is a huge steal of the offseason. So glad he's there. It's so unfortunate he didn't get that extra interception that kind of went through his hands because the next play was that deep ball, the Tyree kill. Like, that doesn't happen. I would have really switched the game. I think we win, right? Like, that little... That, there were, like, four instances of little things that if they went the opposite way, you win the game that uh and some of them were just like egregious like the the gaseki touchdown like very athletic catch very cool but was not a touchdown you're out of bounds dude like <laughs> it was pretty damn clear and the fact that they said they had a clear angle of him not being out of bounds is fascinating because we had a very clear angle of him being out of bounds so i don't know how that works uh but good job nfl like maybe you should show us that angle show us the tape <laughs> if you're so damn confident uh that's so frustrating. Um, and then also, you know, the rookies were playing decent at one point. Um, we we saw some really good plays out of Armour Davis. We saw uh, the hit stick from Kyle Hamilton a couple of times. Pepe Williams was all over the place and had a hit stick. And these were big. They were just like hit sticks for fun. They stopped the momentum right at sticks and they didn't get first downs. These were really good plays by them. And they're young and they're going to have... They're lumps, just like Armour Davis had a lump and, and, and um, Hamilton had a, a lump on the touchdown passes. But, you know, seeing a little bit of those early returns, like dynamic plays, makes you think, okay, they, they have a chance. What else was good? Oh, there was one point where Houston was unblockable. Three plays in a row, he had pressures. One of them was a sack, and one of them was almost a sack. <laughs> like, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, we saw a couple of good plays out of Malik Harrison tackles for loss uh being in the right place etc that was good you know there were there were definitely some solid signs on defense and um yeah that was on the first half though yeah and you know to go back to the to the rookies um again i think that goes back to just some issues you're having right now with with injuries i think in the first half you looked at what the ideal situation is for this defense for those guys rolls right now. I think that the Ravens did a great job of putting those guys in situations where they can um, succeed in that first half. And that's, that's the thing with rookies. Like more often than not, there are exceptions, but more often than not, you have to bring those guys in and, and put them in situations where, you know, they're ready <laughs> where, you know, bringing them in gradually and, it, when audibles have to happen due to injuries or, or game plan, um, they're going to struggle in that situation. So, you know, I don't really know what the plan is going to be going forward, though, for these players, because we're already seeing the the injuries pile up. Like we talked about, Fuller's out for the year. Stevens, uh, he was came into preseason late. He was out today. Uh, Pepe Williams, one of the rookies, albeit he's hurt. We don't know where he's going. And it's just like <laughs> we're doing this all over again, unfortunately, it seems like. But one thing I got, we got to say, though, is, yeah, the safety duo of Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark, um, they weren't blameless in the second half themselves, although I think that they were less of the problem than the other members of the defense. But if we can keep those guys healthy, like those guys on the back end can – really help right the ship i think um in this situation oh for sure um i i I think for me to kind of pivot a little bit from the secondary for a second um but i i think what this game kind of told me is that 
um, week one when we were seeing such early signs from the defensive line. I think that might have been more of a secondaries playing really well and getting the time for the defensive line to get home, whereas this was... No, they just weren't able to cover for that long. And I think part of that was because Tua was doing such a good job of getting the ball out quickly to his underneath options, especially in the first half. I mean, that's really how they kind of stood in, is uh, Tua wouldn't take as many shots deep. And when he did, then we would take advantage of them. But, uh, I mean, the defensive line, I thought, was just a non-factor this game. I mean, we had one sack from Houston. Uh, I think we had one other quarterback hit from Matabuke. That's it. There's nothing else. We just really couldn't get any pressure on Tua, I think. And, uh, you know, the first half, not so bad. You know, I think the game plan was uh, to, you know, dare Tua to throw it deep. And for the most part, we came out on top. Uh, see Marcus Williams, two interceptions. Uh, you know, should have been three. So, you know, it, it seemed to work. But after that, I think um, I think they just really, sh- you know, they, they really struggled in just a lot of phases right they struggled in preventing the deep play they let guys get behind them it's just unacceptable you've, you've got to be able to do that like even even in the first half like if you're letting if you're daring to it to throw you deep you're not like you're not playing cover zero you're putting a safety back there to be able to cover it if it's there and take advantage of it right you're not just letting guys blow by you so i mean i think there was a little bit of that i think there was just a little bit of just you know again just like missed tackles a lot of them everywhere um i mean there are just so many plays of just tyree kill just running by our secondary and just getting a big play um that's really really frustrating a lot of things that can be cleaned up but uh but certainly i mean it is a big i mean it's a big reason for why you know the dolphins they score 28 points in the fourth quarter i mean that's that's crazy i mean i've i can't remember a ravens defense ever doing that and being scared at the end of the game that like we just cannot score because we're just letting everything up. The closest game that I think that reminds me of it is maybe the Bengals game at home last year. What this reminds me of is last year we lost to the Raiders and we were very disappointed. It was a big blunder and we blew the game. And then we went ahead and we beat the Chiefs and we felt like we did a little swap. You're like, oh, we kind of felt like we might be one and one after that. But, you know, this is a big bummer. Now we have to steal a game from the Bills. I don't like that. <laughs> you know, like that's the the kind of parallel if we if we look at it that way. But man, I just don't know what. I guess I, I give kudos to the Dolphins for adjusting because what I think was happening at the beginning was they were doing these short passes, and we were like, "That's fine. We will." They didn't blitz like that heavily. They had a nice amount of people in coverage, and whatever to his arm was like not putting enough speed against the ball. That's how we saw these closing speeds. Like they were able to close on the ball, get deflections, get interceptions. So we were like daring them to do that. I think what changed is that they were, instead of doing that, they're like, well, maybe we should see if the pass rush will actually get home instead of just doing quick passes and not letting them because there's just not enough time. And then it wasn't. And we were then getting frustrated and sending more people and not getting the push, which left less people in coverage, which led to big plays, which when you're down to these other less experienced options at in the secondary, it's maybe questionable. Maybe you just say, you know what, Tua? We continue to dare you. We'll give you the time. That's fine. But to not get pressure and take bodies away from the secondary was a very bad combination. And we did it a lot at the end of the game. And that, I think, was a, a big misstep by Mike McDonald. The the Dolphins outcoached the Ravens in the second half. Um, you got to give kudos to them. They went into halftime and they figured out what adjustments needed to be made. Some collection of players and coaches convinced everyone that the game was not out of hand, uh, that they could come back, and they came out and they executed. And unfortunately for the Ravens, they came out, in my opinion, just kind of kind of lifeless. Like the game was already. One, particularly on offense, I don't think we really saw the same aggressiveness uh, in play calling in the second half. Um, outside of Lamar's run, there really wasn't um, much offense to speak of in the second half for the Ravens. And for as good of a game that the Ravens did play, I mean, excuse me, for, that Lamar Jackson did play, you could see the offense was just kind of out of sync in the fourth quarter. They 
weren't able to get a, a touchdown on that final drive, had to settle for the field goal. Lamar had Mark Andrews open in the end zone, um, overthrew him. Uh, there was that the fourth down play on the drive earlier from that. That was we've already talked about. And, you know, we could – I don't really even know if it's really worth picking at Lamar for – the fourth quarter because you're already putting him in a situation where with everything they'd already done, he shouldn't have had to do more, right? He really shouldn't have had to do any more than he did for the Ravens to win that game. He needed to, but the other the rest of the team should have um, made it so that he wasn't in that situation. But yeah, I mean, hopefully this is just a learning experience for the whole, whole roster, the whole team going forward. Um, but it, it's, in a certain sense, though, you can't fault the team too much because, like we said, this was the largest lead the Ravens have ever given up in franchise history, tied for it. And, you know, after halftime, you kind of going into halftime, you kind of got vibes of 2019. You know, those games, the Ravens would get up big and, and then it was over. Second half would come. The the other team was spent. They had didn't have anything else left to give. It's really how it felt. And it, it didn't really look like the Dolphins had a path to winning this game, but... Again, credit the coaches for the Dolphins. They figured it out. We said, like, one more touchdown and maybe Huntley comes out. Remember we were talking about Huntley maybe coming out? We were talking about that, yep. (laughs) And I think what this game also reminded me of was the opposite experience of what, you know, what the Colts must have been feeling when we did this to them back last year in that night Mm, game. Good point. When, because we were talking about it. We were like, that ain't going to be enough, Right. Like they, they kick the field goal and we're like, that doesn't feel like it's going to be enough. We haven't been able to stop him for a while. And similar with the Colts, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth. And you were like, if there are even to get the ball again, they're scoring another touchdown. Like, <laughs> like they're, you're not stopping us. And then they didn't take enough time off the clock. And it's like, all right, go do it, Lamar. And he did. And then you were like going into overtime, right? Like we just, we knew it was going to happen. And, and similarly, we just felt very uneasy about, the defense's ability to close out the game at the end, which is so frustrating after like the, we, we had a lot of hopes and I still think this defense could be excellent. You know, another bummer of an example is like if Travis Jones was available, maybe the pass rush is a little bit better. You know, if means is available, maybe Owe and Houston aren't playing every single down and probably getting gassed. Really bummer that, you know, Owe didn't have a, a big game. Like he was pretty silent again. And it just, I think what we learned from this game is that while this defense, I think, has a very high ceiling, we are experiencing enough injuries and have enough inexperienced, like high-end but inexperienced players, that it could be a little rough for a little bit. And I hope that we're able to coach these inefficiencies out of the team, right? Like... I think with good coaching, we'll be able to make the best of this unit and and do really well with what's available and where everyone's at skill-wise and, and readiness, so to speak. But uh, yeah, it was like, give credit to the Dolphins. I think that's the biggest thing to say. Like they were able to overcome some of the shortcomings that, you know, maybe Tua provides as far as arm strength and, and zip on the ball. And they were also able to just like have incredible yak. We talked about that. We said... The biggest thing we need to do is stop these yak monsters. And some of our tackling was a little off. And also, they're just good. Like, <laughs> they just take angles or they get behind you and it's all, it's game over. I mean, just like we outran them. I mean, there was so, this game was a game of people outrunning other people. It, w- it was not a game of many, like, sustained drives. <laughs> there were so many dynamic <laughs> plays, right? Like, yeah, I mean, just uh, there was a lot of that, so... Big bummer, yeah, that that pass, you know, he had Mark Andrews open. I think if the pass was on the money, he would have scored a touchdown there and it would have been great. Similarly, like that pass to likely, but I think there was a there was a penalty or something when it came back. But uh yeah, it's just it's just it's just tough, man. It's just really tough the way that that went down. And like the fumble and that sneak play, not great. The other fourth down, remember the fourth down, the guy next to us didn't realize it was fourth down. He's like, oh, go for it. And it's like, that's what we just did. <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> um, yeah, so they just need to execute in those high leverage situations better. And honestly, just 
they can't let themselves get in that situation again, man. You got you can't be up twenty one points. I so this is fun fact. Here here's here's what happened, and I need to go do this anyways. So after the game, I went back and I went to the church to help prep for the festival this weekend, which everyone should come to that's listening to the show. Uh, and we'll talk about it more. And I get there, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, I went to the game. Like that was a great one, wasn't it?" Because they got there at four. They left a little early because they. And I was like, no, we lost. And they're like, how? We were up by three touchdowns and there was like, <laughs> you know, not that much time to go. And I was like, exactly. It was terrible. <laughs> like these people assumed the Ravens had won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they were like, oh, I got to go to the church. Like <laughs> they wanted to get started, you know, or whatever. And they thought the Ravens had won. And I had to be the one to tell them that they did not win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Greek festival. 2504 Cup Hill Road, Friday, 5 to 9 or something like that. Saturday from noon to like 9, you know, lunch and dinner. And then Sunday from noon to like 6 or so, I think. You can find all the information online. St. Demetrius Greek Festival, Parkville, Maryland. Please do come. Suvlakia will be very good. I'm the one preparing it. That's that's a shameless plug. Oh gosh, how do I follow that? Um, well, okay, you mentioned all right. So you mentioned one thing earlier, just about um, you know the Ravens kind of like coaching out some some things on defense and having growing pains, right? Uh, the only thing I kind of want to add there is like, look, um, I, I feel like you kind of have to put some of this on like McDonald too. Um, you know, he might you know have to take this and you know say like you know, hey, what did I do wrong, right? Was it play calling? Was it, you know, not, what was it situational? Um, you know, just not calling plays in the right thing or, or not sort of treating things in the right way. Because, yeah, I mean, this was a pretty epic collapse. I mean, and I'm not saying that to scare, to say like this defense is going to suck. Like there are a lot of variables at play that could make this defense better, right? But that being said, this was a really epic collapse, right? In my opinion, like I think the offense needs to figure out the run game. However, I think that Greg Roman has a long track record of having good rushing attacks. So I think that stuff is going to get figured out. Even last year, where we had Tyson season, where we thought we did for the first two games, and then there was a really rocky middle part where Tyson lost his job, and we had no idea who was going to run the ball after that, right? Um, we still figured it out for the most part, right? So I'm not like long-term, I'm not really worried about that. What I am worried about is going to having another defense, which is known for giving up big plays. That was something that plagued us a lot last season. Um, And while, you know, we've seen some good things here and there, it really needs to be cleaned up to the fact of like, you know, I, we, we can't have this be like the 2022 Ravens defense. Um, and I understand that there are people injured. There are guys that we want to have back. I think there are plenty of guys, you know, like Ojabo and, and Bowser, you know, Travis Jones. Um, some of these guys that would come back and I think Mike McDonald will love to have, especially at Edge, because we just don't have enough people there. Um, but that being said, like, now is now. We have the people who we have, right? And Mike McDonald needs to have the defense prepared with the people that we have, right? And so, yeah, we just... If we are facing any other teams like this, like the Bills in two weeks, the Bengals in three weeks, we got to get this shit figured out. Just full stop. Yeah, and I, I think it, we'll have a better idea of this when we have some time to, to rewatch the film and prepare, and when we come here for the episode later in the week, um, preparing for Patriots game. But like looking at what the Ravens can do going forward, you know, was this just a bad game or? You know, I I think we, we've we've said it. You know, there's there's some things that the Ravens need to fix, and how do you, what aspects should they do to address that? And and we'll see. You know, New England hasn't had a terribly strong start to the season. Um, their defense does scare me. I think their defense is good, but their offense. We said the same thing about the uh, the Dolphins. I know, but <laughs> I don't think that even even the Dolphins. We acknowledge that they had you know explosive skill players that can get you on defense if you're if you're not fundamentally sound the Patriots I I don't think they really have that so this is a a good spot albeit against a a very strongly coached football team to get right for the Ravens to look at what are these things that they need to do to prepare themselves for the gauntlet of the schedule that's coming up 
against a, the relatively weaker opponent compared to the rest they'll be playing coming up. And, you know, I, I think it'll start with like what you're saying, Chris. They they do need to find a balance on offense between the pass and the rush. I think it's fine if they're passing more than they're rushing. Um, a lot of teams in the NFL do that. We're just not accustomed to that with the Ravens. But, you know, we, we saw last year how much trouble the Ravens had without a consistent rushing attack. You still need that, and that's going to be key for them. And then, and then on defense, just, I think, figuring out contingency plans for these injuries. If they pop up, how do you make those adjustments, like we were saying earlier? How do you make sure that you give Armour Davis, you give Westry, if, if, if Williams is out, the assistance they need? Um, and I think those are the two things that we look at from this game that we're just like, we wish that the Ravens had done a little better and could have had the, the biggest impact as far as in-game adjustments are concerned for this particular contest. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Ravens, um, you know, two of the big things I think I'm looking at, at least on the defensive side, that I'd like to see kind of cleaned up for next week. Um, the first one for me, I, I thought the, the Dolphins had a lot of um, success on the ground, um, more than I guess I would have expected. Um, I really think that they were, at least the Ravens were not doing very well at uh, keeping plays in front of them. They were letting guys hit the hole and then get around them really quickly, hitting the second level really quickly. That stuff, for sure, I think needs to be cleaned up. Yeah, I'm really curious. I look at more of the film to try and figure out if it was more of a technique thing or, you know, personnel thing. I'm not really sure right now what that was, but, I mean, that was something that worried me a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, the Dolphins ended up throwing for six touchdowns, so, you know, the pass was much more dangerous than the run, but... Um, that being said, New England comes in with a pretty good rushing attack, so um, it'd be good to kind of clean that up for that game. The other thing is, I mean, yeah, just figuring out more of the secondary, who's going to be the pieces and what situations they have to be to be more successful. I think first two weeks, Marcus Williams, uh, whatever he's doing, like, keep doing it. Uh, seems to be working really, really well. I mean, other guys, like, have, have been okay in spots. Um, Marlon, I think, quietly has been being okay, but uh, it's one of those where I kind of... I would like to kind of see him to be put in better situations for him to make some plays. Um, you know, a big pass deflection, you know, interceptions or something. He's been close to one or two. I think he was kind of close on one this game, which ended up going to Marcus Williams. Uh, but still, it seems like he's been a little quiet for me. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure, you know, where best to kind of put him. But yeah, I mean, trying to figure out, we have a lot of talented pieces. Um, you know, we're just you know, getting them in poor plays and miscommunications, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, they're just, you know, missing on, on, on some of the plays that they really need to clean up. So part of it's execution. I think part of it's just, you know, what you said earlier, Peter, just there are a lot of moving pieces and the coaching staff, you know, being young, Mike McDonald being young, really need, need to figure out who are the guys that you can rely on and, and where best to kind of play them. So, Fortunately, yeah, lots of lots of things that can be cleaned up. It's not like we're throwing out trash <laughs> in terms of players, yeah. <laughs> players or coaches. You know, uh, we know that these guys can play. But you know, another big digression from last week. The other big digression was Patrick Queen. You know, he had a really good game last week. We we're we we're singing praises. He seemed a little bit more competent in coverage, and then it was like old Patrick Queen this game for some reason. And uh, if I, if I recall correctly, he, we also were singing him praises in. Uh, against the Raiders in the next game and after that we were not happy with him so golly man I hope that this doesn't happen again I hope it was just a blip but uh yeah that that's another uh kind of fun one and I hope you know that he's able to clean it up and and perform you know the level we all hope and expect and think that he can play at yeah I'd, I'd like to look at the tape I mean it was one of those things like I didn't feel like he was the weak spot per se like it wasn't like he was going to get picked on every single time we certainly had way more problems with the wide receivers uh, which queen is not going to be on at all but uh yeah it's, to me it was like just kind of my raw take here it's just you know i didn't really see anything super impressive i didn't really see anything like that egregious just kind of replacement level i guess uh anything else to talk about or you want to do our moral victory awards i had one comment i wanted to make that i think will kind of fit in the show here at the end 
you know, there was also a point in this game after the MVP chance, everyone was like, pay Lamar. You know, I was joking with uh, EDC Burner. He should show a, he should shop a picture of um, EDC holding like a $1 billion bill, like standing at his, uh, <laughs> his locker being like, you want to take it? <laughs> um, but I think like going off of that, if Lamar continues to have a season, like, like he just did this game, like we, we all agree Lamar Jackson had a very good game, right? He continues yes. to do that. Uh, I think the Ravens were in an impossible negotiation. Like, sure, maybe the Ravens were, like, Lamar was negotiating with them. But he was basically wondering, how high can I get the number? And then you're surely going to give me that and more if I have another great season. So his bet was, I think I'm going to have a great season. They're going to come with that and more. <laughs> so, like, even if the Ravens went crazy with an offer, Lamar could have, like, been, like, Hmm. If they're willing to offer that right now, surely they'll offer it later. And it might be more after I like play really well. So part of me was wondering if like, even though Lamar was apparently like, 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 like this had like, it was all oh, those good negotiations on both sides. If like in the back of Lamar's head, he was like, I just want to see how far I can take him, And then maybe next year I'll, I'll actually be willing to talk, you know, like, and, <laughs> but you could see like, he could do that again next year. It just becomes a, a matter of how long he wants to be on the franchise tag and stuff. So, I guess like what I'm getting at is it, you want to go and pay the man after he's having good successes. Like that was always the problem. <laughs> if you assume that he was going to have a good season, which we all were assuming was probably going to be the case. They're going to offer him whenever they offer them last and more. So why would he take the old offer? And why would he take the offer that they're currently offering him? Like, would you take the offer King negotiator? <laughs> like, you know, if you were in the other shoes, like, I don't know, man, I feel like, he has us by the balls. Just a minute. And like, <laughs> he's doing what he should do. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, I mean, if I were in Lamar's shoes, like, yes. I mean, yeah. If, if your your goal is to maximize your profits, you know, for <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've, I've, I've tried to tend to stay out of most of the contract talk um, and then Twitter when it comes to the contract talk because I, I see way too many Photoshop pictures of Lamar and on other teams and just people saying like whatever they want to say about the situation it's just like it's just crazy but yeah I mean shoot man yeah he's yeah if he continues to play like this I mean the number's gonna go up but like okay pay him like I mean like I, it, but it's it, a matter of him saying I, yes to it like yeah if he's like yeah. oh I can keep playing this game like and he kind of can. I mean, whatever, <laughs> dude, whatever, whatever Lamar wants to do, as long as he wants to be a Raven, like, what, I mean, whatever. Like, if he, if he's, like, solely, like, interested in seeing, like, how big can the number go? Like, what are, what are, what is the maximum amount of dollars that <laughs> yeah. I can get from the Ravens? Like, okay. But, like, just please don't leave. Like, I mean, if, if yeah. you continue to play really, really, really well, like, I want you on my team. Um, I, there's plenty of fans out there. Just like I, I don't, I don't get. Like I don't get it. There are two. Obviously, there are two extremes here. Like you either pay a quarterback top dollar, and you have a really good team, or you pay a quarterback top dollar, and then you can't afford to pay other people, and your team gets really shitty. Like th- there's that, but then there's also like you know, like oh, I don't want to like pay top dollar to a quarterback because you automatically assume that your team's gonna be shitty. I'm like no, you can like pay nothing for a quarterback. Or pay like a little bit less for a quarterback that's middling, and then you have a middling team. Like, the, the, like I don't know. It just seems like obvious to me. Like if you have a quarterback who's continuing to play really, really well and to keep getting better, really, really well, just pay him. You're not gonna like save any money by paying like Kirk Cousins five million dollars less or whoever that you want to pay that's gonna be middling like next year as a quarterback. Like just pay Lamar. Yeah, I just either, want him it, to play for the Ravens. You either pay Lamar or you are willing to go and try to reset the clock like you did with Lamar and get another like star rookie. But that's extremely difficult to do. And if you don't hit it, you put your franchise in a very difficult spot because you want to give him more than one year, but then you're wasting time and then you know all the other yeah. talent cycles out. So like it's an extremely risky proposition to do anything but pay the quarterback. And at the end of the day, though, they can't just try to pay him. He has to say yes. And if he understands that he has a lot of leverage, he might not say yes right away. And that's okay. But that's all. I kind of like want to put that little uh, piece of info out there regarding the uh, contract situation. It, uh, 
I feel like the exact argument of like, you should have just paid him is exactly why Lamar did not get paid. <laughs> he knows that. <laughs> That's why he didn't do it. <laughs> so anyhow, I think we should do some moral victories. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Um, those of you who have been listening to our show for the couple years we've done this, um, for those of you who are new this season, to kind of lighten the tone after a difficult loss, uh, we'll hand out moral victory awards instead of MVP. Um, make them a little humorous if possible. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I guess I got to give mine. I'll start off with um, this guy was perfect today. Um probably the only player we could say was perfect some players were close to perfect justin tucker just went out and he got a 51 yard field goal five for five on extra points good job tucker he gets mine this week i'll give a moral victory award to chris's empanadas i thought the tailgate was pretty solid <laughs> and those empanadas really kicked and the chimichurri cool. was like excellent so well done chris you you gave us the energy the calories needed so we could you know make a bunch of noise and then attempt to lift up our defense during those trying times <laughs> thanks man i appreciate it worked really hard for that moral victory award i guess that would have been the mvp if we would have won too <laughs> <laughs> man <laughs> all right uh i was trying to think of somebody who wouldn't be like super obvious but then i kind of struggled with that so i'm just gonna <laughs> give mine to Devin duvernay um yeah dude i mean that uh the the kickoff return for touchdown in the beginning was awesome. Uh, you don't get to see those very often. Um, he continuing to just be a, a great third option, I think, for Lamar. I, I think this game they tried to get likely more involved, and he had a little bit more success than he did week one, You know, which is good. But uh, I still think Duvernay right now is kind of like the third option, and he's uh, you know I hope he uh, hope he's able to recover soon. Um, you know, concussions can be nasty, um, so you know we'll see what happens. But um, he had a great game. Awesome one, Chris. Well, that was really challenging, guys. And we appreciate it if you listen this far, kind of soaring through our emotions and thoughts on the game. We look forward to dissecting the Patriots game and hopefully getting a bounce-back win against a team that I guess is quote-unquote well-coached. I, I, I'm starting to question how well-coached they are this year, but we'll get into that next episode. You can find us online at Twitter, at OneWinningPod. You can also follow us on YouTube, OneWinningPod great stuff going out on youtube and you can also email us on winningpod at gmail.com we appreciate you guys let's rebound from this let's get a win and let's have a good week man it's so hard sometimes to have these losses and then kind of just feel negative like let's just try to have a good week let's have some positivity hopefully uh we can raise each other up and get that victory next week go ravens <laughs>